0: This is Academes, a podcast about women in academia, living the dream, or are we?
1: Today, we're going to talk about managing
0: people. It's exciting. I think every episode like this, you're like, oh, this is going to be boring, but I think it's going to be very exciting. (laughs) It sounds so dry. But but think about how this came about. So how do you remember us deciding that this was an important topic to cover?
1: So I remember us veering into this territory during recording the task management episode, which... I mean, talk about a boring sounding topic that (laughs) wasn't far from boring. People love task management. People loved it. That was in
0: season two.
1: Yeah. And so there was just a kind of chunk of stuff that we talked about during that episode that we thought, okay, this is like a whole separate topic. And I think at the time, actually, I was also having not difficulty necessarily. It was just, you know, the issues associated with there's a lot in being an academic that you're not specifically trained for. Yes. Um, often teaching falls into that category, but definitely managing people.
0: I think people who are trained like us and in research intensive environments, like often we are not having a lot of teaching experience like people in other fields, but the management, I think is something that across fields, people don't yeah. get a lot of experience with.
1: I remember I was a research assistant Um at the VA mm-hmm. and my boss was like having personnel issues and he just looked dejected and tired and was like, you know, Sarah, nobody teaches you in grad school how to manage people. Yeah, And it's like such a huge part of your job, particularly as you get more senior. So I think something that'll come out of this is you being more senior than I am have a lot more diversity in the, the kind of roles you're managing Mm -hmm. than I do. So that'll be interesting to hear about.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Managing people. (laughs) A lot of people you end up going into people go into administration. A lot of people in administration weren't trained to like administer anything. If you're in a staff position, you can end up managing people. So even if you're not like a PI of a lab or something, you will probably have an aspect of management to your job. And when we were talking to Mara about that, you know, we thought that it does vary so much by kind of where you sit in an academic environment. I mean, most people will manage students and classrooms and maybe have TAs. Um, You might be on committees. There's always some kind Mm -hmm. of committee. And so you end up chairing a committee. Uh, My experience, I have a full-time project manager right now, um, so I'll talk about that. That's my first time having a full-time person who just works under me and just reports to me. Um, But I think also there's just a lot of people who do tasks for you like you know you might have grant management people or administrative staff um, like we have a student services manager who really helps provide services to us um, so it could be anything from the cafeteria to campus life to the library to the writing center so there are people you directly manage but then there's also people whose job is to provide support services to other mm. people on campus and so that's like a mini version of managing
1: so, okay, this is this is interesting because it kind of gets us into a territory of a topic that I think you recommended that we haven't really done anything with that I think might fit well into this discussion, which has to do with like the people in your department who are in administration mm-hmm. in some form or staff who can like make or break your happiness. Yes, they really can. And I think, I think this reminds me of something that I meant to tell you that we, we should hit on is managing up yeah. as well as down. And I think that applies also, I don't know if this is a term, but I'm going to make it up if mm-hmm. it's not, is managing out, like, mm. you know, thinking about the people, like the business manager in the department or like the admin or, you know, people who aren't under your direct supervision, mm-hmm. but you have to work with to get the kind of scholarly work done. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like you know the accountants you have to submit reimbursement to or who mm-hmm. are managing your budget or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so maybe we'll talk about managing up at another point. I think today we're talking a lot of more about kind of the traditional hierarchy where you're managing people who are theoretically providing services and support to you or directly (laughs) reporting to you. Although sometimes they're really managing you. I think a lot of people who are staff would say that they are actually the ones managing the faculty. That's a whole nother conversation. And we should probably probably. talk to some staff who are like, yes, I have to manage all of these people. Um,
1: (laughs) So I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, You were saying that you had listened to this podcast and that somebody had said that the idea of managing people is a relatively new phenomenon. And so I really wanted to hear about that because that's not something I've heard.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So there are several gaps in my knowledge that I want to, you know, come out swinging, acknowledging. Um, So I think this came on the back end of a women at work, um, episode. That's a Harvard Business Review podcast. And I think they were featuring a new podcast. You know how sometimes they do to introduce a new podcast. And I can't remember what it was called, but it was about management. Okay. And um, the, the teaser for that entire um, podcast was about this idea that, you know, back in the day, you just got told what to do right like there was no like you know trying to figure out like what somebody's working style was uh, it was like you do what i say or you don't eat yeah. or you like you, yeah. this is just your life you do what i say uh-huh. there was no relationship building there was um there was no kind of rapport or you know this pretense of a personal relationship and kindness and like i feel like a lot of management get is gets complicated when you think about a lot of the complications in my mind arise when you're trying to kind of pretend that there's some equity in the relationship when there isn't um so anyway but this idea that it's really kind of post-industrialization that there's this guise of okay i'm I want you to be happy in your position. You'll do better if you're happier. That sort of thing. Yeah,
0: I have have mixed feelings about it because I do think of somebody, of myself, as somebody who wants to like help serve people and empower them. But I also like think that the idea of kind of you know we're we're a family here is like (laughs) such bull. And mm-hmm. so I am kind of torn on this, but it does sound like the idea of managing people is this kind of modern idea yeah. about directing them, but also nurturing them and developing them in some way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is that is the idea. But I I mean, I agree with you. I think the whole, you know, we're a big family. I can't remember who said this to me, but I was like, oh, that's really insightful that that sentiment is kind of uh, manipulative right uh-huh. like you're not gonna you're not gonna um you're not gonna engage with your family the way you would in when it's business and by saying like oh we're just a big happy family you're you're kind of manipulating people into not protecting their um their desires and their needs. Their interests? Do you, their interests. Do you, you want to
0: even go deeper down the scam? Um, academia is a scam kind of route?
1: Sure. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Sorry. Do I? Do I want to go? To, yes, I do, Whitney.
0: So it's also, I think, really gendered. I was once listening to a podcast. It might have been Freakonomics or something. Some kind of pop econ um, podcast and they did an experiment where they had people who were doing short-term fundraising work and they wanted to see how much the people would raise and it's just cold calling people it's kind of drudgery um, piecemeal work and they split people into groups and randomized some to say like this work is really important and like you're serving a critical service and the money you raise will go towards a really good cause and the other group they treated it more just like a job and so then the people, and I think they were mostly women, or maybe the effect was biggest in women who thought they were doing, um, like, a public good, raised more money, and also they manipulated how much they'd offer them per phone call or, you know, per yield or something. And so they raised more money at a lower wage. So, like, by imbuing the work with a sense of, like, mission, (laughs) you could get more work out of people. Whitney, so. I
1: do not know this for sure but I'm pretty sure that was an Adam Grant study
0: okay I mean it was either I an Adam Grant, it.
1: It, either an Adam Grant study or it was um, a study that inspired him because that's kind of his thing is like empowering people to do their work and enjoy it and do better at it
0: oh he sees it as a positive and I'm like it's a huge scam. Or does he recognize it's a scam? (laughs) I don't want to put
1: any, I do not want to put any words in anybody's mouth, but I'm pretty sure it's this idea that like, you know, if you feel, um, like you're doing good. Yeah. That you will be happier. Like it's good for everybody. It's good for the company and it's good for you. Yeah. And I, I'm very much like side eye on this. I, I just, it feels yucky to me. Um,
0: and manip- manipulative. Yeah. And I think, I i don't know if this is true, but I think it's gendered. I think women, for, for because we like want to do good in the world. I don't know. So this <laughs> is just background for everything we're going to say that um, this is, you can truly want to empower people and feel like you're doing good. And that it probably is a very good management style, but also you could be part of a big scam. So maybe <laughs> yeah. just a caveat.
1: Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think that this is that was very good intro, solid <laughs> intro to what we're going to talk about today. I think it really set the tone. I love it.
0: <laughs> okay, Sarah, tell us about your experience managing people.
1: <laughs> um, I think I'm probably actually, with that comment, thinking more about being managed. But okay, so. So my experience managing people as an academic really is limited to my research assistants Mm -hmm. and like a project manager here or there. I've never had a full time project manager. Um, I've kind of bought out parts of of project managers time. Mm -hmm. Um, And except for those project managers who have been staffed, you know, salaried staff, um, it's been research assistants who are students.
0: I feel like you're really good with your research assistants. I feel like you're good at thinking up tasks for them. I think sometimes people struggle to think up tasks for research assistants to do.
1: I think you are projecting onto me. I think you're really good at that. <laughs> like, that's oh, something no. I've said to
0: you. Okay. Maybe we're both good at it. Maybe we're both <laughs> seeing I th- each maybe other. Maybe it's
1: like a virtuous cycle. Because yeah. I... I, I y- Honestly, you've inspired me to like think more about this, although I think this does relate to this whole task management thing in the sense that once I remember when I was a postdoc and I had it was a a cancer related postdoc and we had, you know, basic scientists in there and we had population health scientists in there. And so, but everybody got the same amount of research funding. Mm-hmm. And so I had way more money mm-hmm. than I knew what to do with. Yeah. I, I was like, uh, and so a mentor of mine said, hire a research assistant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. And um, that was kind of my first foray into thinking about what is this role and how can I make the best use of it without feeling like I'm sending somebody my, just the the work I don't want to do? Um, and that's, I think, a lot of the consternation that I feel around uh-uh. managing people has to do with like, I would almost rather it be somebody who has signed up for this and this uh-huh. is their primary thing, like their job is to do this. And they know that versus a student research assistant where it's a little bit like, They're there to learn, and they're not learning anything by formatting my references for me for the millionth time. Mm. And I feel a lot of conflict about that.
0: I think that's something that will come up. Like The managing students is really hard because you have this dual role with them where you're their Mm -hmm. manager, but then also, even if you're not directly their advisor, you feel like you should be offering them some enrichment. (laughs) Or something mm-hmm. um and another thing i think about kind of the role with students is when i'm managing somebody who's a professional i feel like it's a little bit clearer the separation of the personal and professional but i feel like with mm-hmm. students that line blurs because they might be like oh i'm really stressed about my exams or something mm-hmm. and because they're primarily there to learn you're like okay versus somebody who has like a job they're not going to be like oh you know i'm taking night classes and so like i can't come this week because i'm really busy right like that just wouldn't happen um so that can be kind of tough and also the way we pay students is weird yeah um like it's not clear at least where we are like paid time off and things i think that varies in unionized places and so Mm. i think the system is built with a lot of discretion like you know even if somebody wants to go on maternity leave and they're a student worker like in our system there's not like a clear policy and so students are really just subjected to whatever is the style of the person who is managing them so it's not great
1: no and so this is making me think of a couple of things one is i wonder what this is like in other countries Mm -hmm.
0: yes i know people i know people in some european countries where they say being especially a doctoral student is more like having a job
1: because they're doing so much research assistance
0: i just think it's structured like a job like you get kind of Mm -hmm. a wage and you're a student worker
1: oh interesting i wonder what that breaks down to in terms of like coursework and
0: i think there's less coursework
1: so I know, well, at least somebody told me who's in um, Penn's, um, it's like their version of health policy and management, but it's in the business school, maybe at any rate, um, they're not allowed to work. Like they, it, you know, they are, they are paid to go, like they get a stipend mm-hmm. and they get health insurance, but they do don't they're not allowed to be a research assistant? But I wonder how that really plays out because yeah. I wonder if they are doing work for their yep. mentors but not getting explicitly paid for it. Um, the the way that what I like about the even with students is that they have 20 hours a week. Like Mm -hmm. I, and when I hire people, I'm like, listen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need every hour, you know, sometimes you will go under and that's fine. Mm -hmm. You don't need to like, we don't need to find you more to do. If I didn't send you something, you're fine. But like, you need to tell me if that's consistently the case, because I can't, I can't be under the impression that you're totally maxed out, but you're only working 10 hours a week. Yeah. Like, I really need this. I, I need your, your help.
0: <laughs> Maybe this is a chance for us to jump into it. Maybe we can start with hiring and then talk about uh, kind of what kind of expectations we have for people and kind of the day to day.
1: Okay. Well, you just hired somebody, right? I mean, no, not just. It was like what a year ago. Yeah, when
0: I was pregnant, I hired her, and mm. I'm like, guess what? I'm going on maternity leave soon. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that was like really yeah. high. And so I had to get together a search committee, and at first I was like, oh, this is a pain, mm. but it ended up being a amazing. yeah
1: how what say how did you know to do that as part of the
0: university rules like when i posted the ad um they were like if you want to like post a position to hire a person like a formal position and i want i did want to do that they're like you need to put together a search committee and so i put together a search committee of um one staff scientist longtime staff scientist at my institution who i actually have known since i was a grad student and another person who is a project manager and who's worked in both the school of public health where I am, and also in medicine where a lot of the colleagues on my grant were. Um, And, you know, she's also worked a little bit in this area. And then I had a student who had been helping me. And so she was kind of involved too. And I asked her opinion, but it was really great. Um, So I kind of did the initial reviews and everything. But then when we got to Deciding on the finalists, you know, we kind of went through my thoughts and they kind of reviewed the applications and helped think about finalists, and we pretty much agreed. And, um, but then when we were making final decisions, they were really helpful. Um, they kind of were like, This is a good person for you, Hmm. because especially the first staff scientist, a longtime staff scientist here who knows me, she's like, I think this person would work well with you. And it was just interesting. And they also just know what the job is because the person who's a staff scientist has just worked on so many multi-site projects, really complicated projects, has, you know, gone from being a student and postdoc to kind of a staff Mm -hmm. scientist working in large groups. And then the person who's a project manager is also like extremely experienced and kind of knows the job, knows our system. And so it was helpful.
1: You know, I I think this is one of those things where you kind of, if you've been around the block a few times, you know, you know, a good fit when you see it. Yeah, And I think it sounds like that staff scientist and the other person you had as part of the search committee were really valuable in kind of helping you pick that
0: out. Yeah. And I tend to be a little bit like I'm very aware of people tending to like hire people who are like them and who they feel comfortable with. And so mm-hmm. I'm always trying to interrogate that in myself. And maybe to a fault. Um, and it's funny, because I think the person that they were like, this is the person for you, um, was more like me in personality than another mm. person I was considering. Um, and I have other colleagues I work closely with, and I could see that their project managers are a lot like them. It's just kind of funny. So maybe yeah. for some roles, you do end up with somebody who is a lot like you. Like, I think it's always something to like have in mind and not to be blinded by kind of superficial similarities like oh we went to the same school or whatever (laughs) but you know I tend to be skeptical of that and feel like it's important to have people who are different than you and who have a different style than you to have kind of creative friction Mm -hmm. but maybe sometimes with a relationship that close it's helpful to have somebody who's like like you I don't know
1: So I want to tell you about an experience um, where I, like, put out an ad Mm -hmm. for a research assistant. Um, And this came after I actually had to let a research assistant go because she just wasn't producing. And I, you know, like, geared myself up to have a conversation with her and be like, you know, Can we talk about what's going on? I, you know, it's very important to me. I have so much to do and I, I just need this stuff done. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's more detail to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but we Collaboratively agreed that it would be a good idea for her not to work for me anymore, and we we actually have an outstanding relationship um, outside of that. And I that I was really like my approach to that was like this isn't personal. This is like I have work that needs to get done, and you don't have the time, or you know you're not capable at this moment of doing it. And like let's let's figure out a way forward. I love that about
0: you. You're good at hard conversations. Oh, thanks.
1: You know, I mean, I guess I just feel like if you you come at it from like a place of not to get too woo woo, but like Mm -hmm. a place of love and kindness. Like, I think unless I get the feeling that you don't not you, but like one does not care about me at all and like isn't thinking about anybody else's feelings. That would be different. But usually, like, I don't know that I've necessarily, there have been fe- very few circumstances where I was like, this person doesn't give a shit about what other people feel. um But in general, I feel like I definitely care. I mean, I care a lot. And I think that most people care to at least some degree. Mm-hmm. And if we can just kind of come together with that in mind that like, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but I have needs, you have needs, let's figure out if those mesh and like move forward. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so after that experience, I put out an ad for a new research assistant and I was kind of like, I don't even know, like, am I going to interview them? I guess I want to see if they are able to like talk to me in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And if we have like, you know, whatever it is, Um, But I was kind of dubious about the role of an interview. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's some evidence that interviewing doesn't actually help. I found it really useful. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one master's student. I asked, like, what, you know, what are you what are you looking for in this position? And she was like, um, money. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: love it. I mean, homegirl's got a point
1: totally totally um but it was not like there was nothing i not that i i don't expect anyone to be like oh my god i live for formatting references but like i do want some sense of you know the need for the money is not gonna help you finish the job i
0: mean if you really need the money I, <laughs> I, I take your point but it's like maybe it all goes back to the scam where we're like you need to really be like passionate about it
1: i mean i guess i don't need them to be passionate about it I, nobody has ever been like oh my god i'm so excited in fact the people who <laughs> I, i've had a couple of students approach me and be like do you have any work for me i'd really love to work with you yeah. that's awesome yeah. but n- that has almost never worked out right. it's almost always a pay for work situation mm-hmm. and i just need somebody who like responds to emails <laughs> and asks questions when they don't know how to proceed yeah. or to tell me that they don't understand and to let me know ahead of time if they're not going to be able to do something that they said they were going to like i have pretty reasonable standards i think and
0: i think the interview can give some of that if you craft Mm -hmm. the questions right I think with hiring the project manager I actually put a lot of time into the ad and it seemed like oh this is a pain but like looking at other ads and getting super specific about what I wanted and that I think that helped because the person Mm -hmm. I hired was lived halfway across the country and she was just like graduating from her master's and scanning ads and she saw my ad and it just Mm. ticked all her boxes because I had been super specific About what I was looking for. What
1: did you put in? Like, examples of what you included?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, some of the stuff is standard attention to detail, whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want somebody who can do medical record abstraction. You know, I'm working, um, you know, it would be good if you've worked in in an OB-GYN department. Because I was doing gynecologic Mm. health stuff. And, like, she had. Like, have you Mm -hmm. used this you know, Epic system. Do you like, you know, those are the really specific yeah. things, but there were other things as well. Like I'd like somebody That's who has useful. like a master or whatever. Yeah. And so it seems super specific, but then like the right person who had that found it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. I,
1: and probably was interested in the work on some yes, of, like the and stuff. And like, I always put in my ads, like this is about implementation science mm-hmm. and it's, you know, like I give some, I get, yeah, I do give some detail about the content, and that I think separates the wheat from the chaff a little bit, yeah, in a way that, yeah, yeah. But but I also spend a lot of time, um, just saying what I expect. Yeah. So one of my biggest things is—are you saying even in the ads or like when you talk to the person? When I talk to the person. Mm-hmm. So once I am sitting down with somebody and I get a sense that they like were, you know, they're not basically, I, I want to know that you're smart enough to play the game. I mean, back to the <laughs> whole like, dream game scam thing. Yes. Like if, if you know enough to play the game yeah. of like, you know, I'm learning, I, I'm, I would like to more yeah. learn more about research or whatever bullshit answer, but not,
0: yes. <laughs> I would just need it's more It's nice money. if it's this, specifically with like this job, not just yeah. like anything.
1: But if we get past that point, um, then I will say, I mean, the kind of two, well, really, um, I guess it all comes down to communication. But what I tell people is that it's extremely important to me that people are willing to trust me to give me feedback Mm. and to let me know when something is up, like if they're feeling like they aren't able to accomplish something or they're worried about something, I really, really value them being willing to say, I don't understand this mm-hmm. or like, I don't like what's happening. So, they're, so I really try to reinforce that. If somebody tells me that they really don't like a part of their thing, I'm like, Thank you so much for telling me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We we can work around that. You don't have to do that. I would way rather you spend an hour doing something you're enjoying rather than four really unproductive hours doing something you hate. Mm-hmm. Like that is not, it's not a good use of my money. Yeah. I, and I can find other ways to do that.
0: We want to hear from you. What do you think of this episode? Tell us about your experience as an academe. You can reach us on Twitter at Academes Podcast, by email at academespodcast at gmail.com, or please leave us a voicemail at 919-666-7301.
1: And if you like what you hear, read us on your favorite podcast app. It'll help people find us.
0: I think you're kind of getting to the point about being self-reflective. I think in part of my ad, I also talked about how I am as a person and I forget what I said, but like the thing you're talking about, it's not something I would especially highlight as being important to me, but there's like other Hmm. things that are important to me. And now I'm having a hard time knowing them, but I think communication and asking questions, if something doesn't make sense, please just ask me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there is a level of knowing oneself and knowing Mm. what about oneself is a quirk. Because I think we all think our (laughs) expectations are normal, but everybody (laughs) has weird little things that are actually important to us that nobody would know because it's not necessarily important to somebody else. So I think to the extent to which we can know ourselves better and know like, "Uh, actually, like this kind of thing really bugs me or, you know, this is something I really like and to know yourself well enough to communicate that to people is super helpful when you're managing people.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I, I will say, and this, this actually applies to students as well as, you know, research assistants or anybody else who is, you know, who I'm managing mm-hmm. that I would way rather you get partway into something, reach a roadblock and then contact me rather than, like trying to muddle through it's yeah. just that's not efficient that doesn't work well and there's no per- there's no point for you to like bring me this thing that you've worked really hard on and you think like you've done the best you possibly can and yeah. you spent lots of time on it and then i'm like oh actually I was thinking of something different, yeah. and then they hate me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, when we were talking about interviewing, you know, I'm kind of skeptical of the value of interviewing, but I think you can craft it in a way that it's meaningful. Like, when I do interviews, I like to sometimes do scenarios. Like, oh, mm. if this happened, or if I did this, like, how would you respond? And sometimes oh, those can be good. about that. Like, you know, I, I give you a task, um, but it's kind of like unclear or I think I used one about managing students because the project manager would also interface the student so let's say I told you to tell a student to do this and um they haven't gotten back to you um and now they're not responding to any of your emails um and they haven't oh, like finished the project question. like what would you do
1: oh and and so what is an ideal answer to you I don't necessarily have
0: an ideal answer but You know, people talked about kind of checking in with me to see how I might want to proceed. They talked about Mm. uh, maybe um, seeing if they could go to student services or find another mode of communication with the students. Uh, Maybe um, make sure that, you know, try to try to find out if the student was okay. Like, you know, keeping Mm. in mind that sometimes maybe something bad has happened that they don't know about. But then also, you know, reminding the student, like, this was the expectation you said you would do this. So kind of a a mix of things as far as communication, um, but still taking responsibility that it's their job to make sure the product is done. I think somebody said, you know, like, if it really needed to be done, I would just do it myself at a certain point. But then also still follow up to figure out what's going on with the student and communicate with you that you knew why it was late. You know, lots of different Mm -hmm. things. But it was interesting. To see kind of how they started and thought it out. And I also like giving people tasks. Um, like, I think I gave somebody a table of data, and I'm like, you know, um, what do you think about this table of data? Do you think it's okay? Do you notice anything weird about it? Like, very basic, not trying to be complicated or gotcha. And also saying, like, what are follow up questions you would ask me if I gave you this? Anything okay. that's not okay. clear?
1: And is that so I've heard of people doing that. And I, I want to say that I've done something like that. Like, basically, the idea is giving them a test drive, basically. Yeah. Um, and like, is that OK? I think that that came up on my head. Like, is that OK? I do try to, to ask limit them basically it. to do work. Yeah. For free. And I, you know?
0: I do say like only spend an hour on this. And like I think okay. that was in the context of the interview. Like it was just part of the interview where I'm like, I'm gonna leave the room now and leave you with this for like an hour. Just do that. So Okay. Yeah. But I, I try to time limit it, but yeah. And some people say, Oh, I don't want to do this. And often those people weren't really interested in the job anyway. And it's not mm. actually work that I'm gonna use.
1: Right. 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 I got it. So it really is in the the context of hiring and like evaluating.
0: Yeah. yeah. I yeah. have heard of sometimes where people try to actually get people to do a substantial amount of work that they might actually uh, use. And I do think that's wrong.
1: That's not cool. No. Yeah. Um, so I, let's dig in a little bit into the kind of. OK, once you've found somebody. Yes. How do you engage with them? And manage them. Yeah,
0: How do you do it? I feel like you've talked a lot about, you seem like you have a pretty clear sense of like your expectations for people and how you want people to mm-hmm. work with you. So how do you like establish that?
1: <sighs> yeah. So, um, again, I feel like a lot of this comes down to the structure of the position. Mm-hmm. So right now I have one, you know, 20 hour a week She gets a stipend. She gets tuition remission. She gets health insurance. She gets the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. She's written into my grant. And then I have two research assistants who are hourly. Mm -hmm. Basically, back when I had like a bunch of money for a chunk of time, they were all my research Mm -hmm. assistants. And then they went down to kind of just hourly. And so I established with them once they went hourly, basically they only have to do what they want to do. If there is something that they want to, if they want to participate in helping write a paper for authorship and they want to get paid for that time, because in that sense, I do feel very comfortable delegating stuff to them, Mm -hmm. being like, this isn't, you know, I I can say without feeling like, And I'll check in and be like, is this something, is this within scope for you in terms of what you are okay with? Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope that they feel comfortable telling me. Um, But with my research assistant, who's like, you know, paid 20 hours a week Mm -hmm. and all that, I established with her early on, I'm like, you know, I want to give you work that you're going to enjoy and that you're going to learn from, but there is going to be some work that is not going to be that it's going to be like the kind of more mundane stuff. Like she just submitted um, a manuscript for me, Mm
0: -hmm. which I hate just the logistics of formatting it and uploading everything. It's uh, so
1: annoying, Um, which I'm sure she doesn't love either. Somebody's got to do it. Unfortunately, somebody's got to do it and she's getting paid for it. So,
0: Um,
1: but in terms of kind of like staying on top of the whole thing I don't know how this evolved, but, um, I have a Google spreadsheet and and so we all have access to it Uh and it's organized by my different projects. Uh Um, and they're, you know, so for example, I have this, um, one project. Where there's like, we have a poster presentation, we're doing some data analysis, we're writing a paper, blah, 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 blah. And each of those activities has a line Mm -hmm. and it has a primary, primarily responsible Mm -hmm. column. So like which research assistant or me is primarily responsible for it and like a status column. And it's, we, it's a live Mm -hmm.
0: spreadsheet.
1: so my expectation is that they're going in and they're updating it with information mm-hmm. so that at any given time I can go look at it. And then once a week, um, shout out to Holly Whitteman, <laughs> even though like basically we go over every active project I have, it's half an hour, which is like a very short period of time to go over the status of all the, of my Are these one-on-one
0: meetings or you meet with all three of them?
1: No, that's, three of them it's a zoom meeting one of my primary research assistant um is in california she's finishing her doctorate in california she finished her coursework and is dissertating from california um and then i have a couple of others and they're they're all writing their dissertations so some of them work from home and whatever and we just tick through and so oftentimes we will i'll be like okay we're gonna put this a lot of the items end up becoming their own meetings. So we're like, okay, we're ticking through the status of this and then we're going to get nitty gritty. So for example, um, I got a panel accepted for an April meeting Mm -hmm. and I, one of my research assistants is really taking the lead Mm -hmm. on a lot of that. And, you know, we talked about, okay, we need, here's kind of the status and here's the arc of what needs to happen before April. We're going to meet for half an hour. Um, or I think I even said an hour because we're actually going to be talking through the details of what the panel is going to include and our approach and blah, blah, blah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, but that way it doesn't take where I'm not taking up everybody's time talking about this thing that's only relevant to one person that's
0: efficient Uh, so you have a recurring 30 minute meeting for everybody exactly i feel like i love that but i feel like sometimes just getting that on the books every semester is such a pain do you outsource that you just tell one of them find a time yeah yes (laughs) yes Yes. that's a good managing people tip Mm -hmm. outsource the scheduling
1: and i mean right i i hate scheduling things so much yeah like
0: yeah that yeah outsource. i love it and that then thing. okay so i love how about you I, what are your I, meetings i love a like? recurring meeting but i'm not as efficient mm. um you know i love a recurring meeting that's a I th-
1: i know you love a recurring <laughs> meeting and i imagine your like lab meetings your yes. like robinson lab yes. meetings to be very like how are you yes. like oh how's your baby <laughs> And I'm like Oh you brought your okay. baby. Yeah. Oh, so let me hold your baby. <laughs> I mean, I it's not when I make nice, and I'm not saying you're doing it inauthentically, I'm yes. sure. Like I know you're doing it authentically. Yes. But like Mom ain't got time. It is two o'clock. We're gonna get yes. this done. And like I care about you, but yeah. I also we've gotta get through this. I mean, meeting.
0: some of that's with the students, and I do feel like I'm different with the students. But I mean, even with my project manager and Yeah, we, we, there's chit chat. We have talked, we have exchanged Christmas cards. We have talked about her parents and her brother and like she checks in about like my husband and stuff. And I don't, I think of myself Mm. as being efficient, but I do. There is a fair amount of chit chat. The 30 minute group check in is the pinnacle. Like I really appreciate that.
1: I think we need to, I think we need to like somehow find a way to, interview the people who work for us. Yes. I bet your people are like way happier. No. <laughs> they're probably like,
0: I love Whitney. And they're probably like, Sarah's a No, but they're like getting intense it intense It's nice. It's nice to be like, you know what the expectation is, you get it done. Um, because some people don't want all the chit chat and the extra stuff. Um oh, I did want to <laughs> ask you about email because one reason I like a recurring meeting because mm. I like hate email. And so how much do you manage people over email?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think a fair amount, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, so... We'll say more about what you mean by manage people Like over give email?
0: people tasks. It sounds like you actually are delegating uh, yes. a lot of these tasks in meetings. Yes. But are you also doing some uh, of it in both. the emails? Yeah.
1: Both. Um, but so, for example, I am um, basically resubmitting an R01. It's going to be a new submission. Mm -hmm. So this is a large federal grant. Um, and I have been sending stuff to my research assistant being like, we will talk about all of this at our R01 meeting. So like here's stuff, if you have time to work on it, like the stuff that you don't, that we don't need to discuss, you know, we've worked together for a couple of years now. interesting just go feel free but also if you have any questions you know we're going to meet on tuesday and so we can really dig in them okay.
0: i love a shared drive and instead of emails yeah. i yeah. am like just put everything on the shared drive i don't want to have to go into email and think about version control and stuff 100%
1: okay. like i delegate um access to my dropbox mm-hmm. folders to different you know project drop box folders to everybody yeah
0: and i like yeah. having in my ideal world i'd have a running meeting agenda that's also in the mm-hmm. shared drive and it's nice because it's like documenting mm-hmm. things making sure you're on the same page everybody's literally seeing the same thing like yeah. even if you're remote and it helps me remember things so like i think one recurring theme is like you use google drive It sounds like you use dropbox mm-hmm. a lot and mm-hmm. so i think having shared drives are really good for make sure everybody like can see all of the same things. So Mm -hmm. I really like that. And I like also sometimes having the person I'm meeting with make an agenda, and that's on the shared drive, so we can look at it in real time, make notes on it in real time. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah, sometimes having them make the agenda, I also think can be good as far as power dynamics, because it's purposely saying, like... You lead and maybe there's something they feel uncomfortable about bringing up. But if it's on the mm-hmm. agenda, it just feels like, oh, this is just an item on the agenda.
1: Oh, interesting. I like that. Um, is there something in particular you're thinking of where you can imagine they might feel more comfortable just having it on the agenda versus like raising it out of the blue? Yeah,
0: something about how I do something. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> I us talk about, a, you know, agenda item process for, you know, blah, 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 or, you know. So I have
1: a student who um like founded an international like reproductive health organization. Oh. Wow. Um, she's like she's a businesswoman. Um and <laughs> oftentimes during our one on one meetings, mm-hmm. she will say she'll like on her agendas that she sends to me she'll say like it'll be blocked off time for feedback and i have to admit every time i see that i get really nervous her giving you she's... feedback
0: or are you giving her feedback so both interesting
1: i've realized but like i it makes me really anxious actually every time <laughs> even though because I always think that she's going to tell me I'm a terrible advisor, and that, she, or, or even that she's just going to be like, "I need this to be a little bit different." I would be like, "I, I say I want that feedback, but I also clearly don't." It's
0: hard. <laughs> I because it's yeah, yeah.
1: It's always it's always useful because it's like it's never you're a bad person or I need you to do something differently. It's just like keeping the lines of communication yeah, open. Yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah. And you're better with feedback than I am, probably. So, uh, I, we see you, all of you out there listening. Where
1: are you getting that, Whitney right? I feel like you, like, I feel
0: like even managing this project, sometimes you'll be like, oh, let's talk about this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if we have a disagreement or something, I feel like you're very good about, like, you know, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's get into it.
1: That's me managing my anxiety. <laughs> you well, know? That's me being like, I, it's so, it, so it's like the first time I went snorkeling, I'm, B- Ben calls me a land-based creature. <laughs> I really am a land-based creature. Um, and I I just don't, like, I don't want to, like, it's scary, all of this stuff that's under the surface of the water. But then when we were snorkeling, just hang with me for a minute. Then when we were snorkeling, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to take my head above because I can see everything now. And, like, I know it's coming. Uh, and that's how I feel about those sorts of hard no. conversations is, like, I'd rather know what they're thinking because it's much less scary yeah. when it's all out in the open. Yeah,
0: that's a good that's it's a good personality trait. I think even if it's just a coping mm-hmm. mechanism, it's it's a like <laughs> constructive coping mechanism. <laughs> I um, like that framing. Yeah. So yeah, and I think you've also also alluded to the idea of having different meetings for different purposes, like mm-hmm. kind of the group meeting and then one on ones. And so with my project manager, we have like a mix of meeting for different purposes. So one thing we do is co working. I actually get mm-hmm. so much done when. She and I are like meeting together because it's just very, she's like, you need to do this, this, and this. And I don't know when she's right there, I can just do all the tasks that I would put off otherwise.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So are you saying that you are like in a meeting, but you will also mix into a kind of bigger meeting, actually doing the stuff that you're talking about? Are you just like hanging out together and like also being explicitly open to discussing things as they come. I think
0: it started out with the idea that we would just kind of be like hanging out and both working on our own stuff, but it's ended up being more targeted where like she has an agenda. And if there's just any like loose item, she's like, Oh, you need to do this, this, and this, you just send this email. And so often I will just go ahead and send it. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'll do that later. Thanks for the reminder. And then she might Mm -hmm. work on something and then I'm sending the email and she's doing something. So it's a mix of kind of, Going down the list, seeing, you know, what's on the horizon, but also just ticking off little things that can be done Mm -hmm. during the hour, hour and a half we're together. And so that's something that's very helpful to me. If somebody is like sitting with me that I like, it's a lot easier for me to do tasks than if it's just on my to-do list and I don't feel Mm -hmm. like doing it and I keep moving it for something else. So that's me coping. That's me having a coping mechanism.
1: So something that's been in the back of my mind to ask you, um, and we've kind of tangentially discussed this, but what role do does your kind of like enneagram, like all of your personality kind of stuff, how does that play into? Yeah, I like
0: I like the like camaraderie of it all, and so well, I think it gets into kind of that idea about like wanting. To have okay so i'll digress so that's kind of one meeting i have with my project manager but another meeting we have these monthly meetings we started that are all about her professional development and so maybe this reflects on my like whole hmm. like personality yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. so we were having these like strategic meetings kind of big picture meetings because i like having big picture discussions which is like maybe my infj and um we were Mm -hmm. talking she was you know i was just doing a check-in with her and she was talking about some professional stuff and i'm like we should have a recurring meeting where we just talk about like your professional development and so now Mm. one of our strategic meetings a month is about that and so i feel like that's very like a me thing to do i don't know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so this makes me think of um like mixing for people who's kind of people who they're managing are also their students mixing both like the kind of mentoring advising piece with the managing piece um i don't know if you ever it's not i mean that's what what you just said reminded me of
0: but this person is like a full-time staff person (laughs) and you know
1: But it sounds like there's mentoring in there as well. Yeah,
0: but I think I kind of have optionally kind of added it. And not Mm -hmm. even like me mentoring her, because I think her professional path is different than mine. But even saying like, what's going on? What kind of opportunities would you be interested in? Is there any kind of workshop you want to attend? Um, Maybe even connecting her with somebody. Like maybe she mentioned something and I'm like, oh, I actually know somebody who's in project management who does this. And so sometimes it's just fostering connections. Um, as far as people working under me who don't get along i haven't had that much of it um and that's lucky i hadn't even thought about that as one of the challenges mm-hmm. i think most of my challenging situations have been like with students that i've mentored and like conflict there and i think that can be a relationship that's rife for conflict especially with phd students because mm-hmm. it is so high stakes it's not like just a grade mm-hmm. for a class or something it is like will i get a phd you know right. and right. you know will i ever make any money and will i ever be done with this and can i ever move and leave you know like it's so high stakes and there is a very strong hierarchy so i think there is some like adolescent separation Stuff from a parent thing that can happen too. And often, you know, grad students are in very thick parts of their life. Like they're in stages Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're really becoming independent or doing family formation or doing, you know, intense relationships and being on their Mm -hmm. own economically. And it's just an intense time of life. So you're just going to like run into a lot of things happening too.
1: Yeah. That's why I do. Um, so Adam Grant does have this thing. I think it's Adam Grant anyway. It's like this idea of having um, kind of like a, a user's manual mm. for yourself that like ideally you would hand to somebody and yeah. be like, here's how, here's how to work with me. Like, here's what I need yeah. to function well. I think there's something to be said for like, kind of having that in one's mind and then like reflecting on it
0: when necessary Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's actually good to have that written down but it also makes me super nervous Mm
1: -hmm. oh like what what would you write down like I need so like I need early and open and regular communication like or else I get anxious that everybody hates
0: me (laughs) Some of it's (laughs) just a little bit more logistical, like email me, you know, or don't email me or something. But some of it is like, this is like my working style and I like kind of a warm like style. And if you have a question, please ask me. And, you know, um, I think it's good. And I think just generally having an expectations document is good. But I've struggled Mm -hmm. with it a little bit. I think for me... When I'm coming up with the expectations document, my mind te- tends to veer towards the worst situations that have happened in managing somebody. I think there can be a tendency to make the document a defensive document. And sometimes I see people's expectations mm. documents, and sometimes <laughs> I read something and I'm like, something happened. Like, this didn't come mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Like, this is like a response yeah. to something yeah, bad yeah, yeah. that happened. <laughs> and there's some wisdom in that, but also, like, if you tear out tailor too narrowly to like this one bad thing that happened i don't know it can feel a little weird
1: mm-hmm. so um i i think that there are some resources out there to help mm-hmm. um i don't know a ton of them other than kind of like some of the podcast, like i mentioned that podcast yeah. um but I don't. I don't know what there is
0: out there. I've asked people to see their lab manuals. Like I know some people have them. Some people will even post about it on Twitter or like mm. in some of the like Facebook groups and stuff, academic groups. Um, and so a lot of times people will share their expectations document. Some people don't, or some people will say like, "Oh, I'm willing to share, but don't you know let anybody else see it, whatever." Um, but. I try to find people who, if they mention that they have one, it's nice to see other people's versions. And you can see the kind of personality, you know, that different people have. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'd like to, I, it would be great if we could link to some, some of those. Some people do have their websites. Yeah, yeah, there's
0: linked on their websites. Maybe we could try to do that.
1: Yeah, I think that would be useful. Um, I'm, I'm also thinking, like, I don't know, learning how to do this well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't, I I think, like, I think at the Center for Faculty Excellence Mm -hmm. at UNC, like, I wonder if they have um, anything that would be useful. I bet they do. I know they have
0: leadership courses. I bet they have some managing, Mm, management courses. I think, um, also, it's not going to be perfect, no matter how hard you try. Sometimes there is going to be conflict and sometimes there are going to be relationships that don't work out. I think that's the biggest Mm -hmm. piece of wisdom I carry with me. I talked to somebody who's super productive once about mentoring students and she's like, some students just aren't going to work out like you try it and they're not going to work out. And sometimes you just have to write something off as a loss. Like even if you've paid a lot of money to support a student, like sometimes it's just not going to work. And I think having that mindset is a relief because otherwise you just feel like, ugh you resent the person you're like, I've spent all this money. I could have hired somebody else, whatever. But, um, if you just think sometimes it's not going to work and that's just a tax, you know, on living. But the flip Mm -hmm. side is that sometimes you are working with somebody who's amazing. And I've had some terrible experiences that Mm -hmm. ended up just being awful where yeah, like it was just awful but I've had wonderful, amazing experiences. The vast majority of my time managing people has been really good. And sometimes I have somebody who's like so productive and creative and we have such a good relationship. So I try to keep that mm-hmm. in mind when things are bad, you know, like this is just the distribution. It's just a statistical distribution. Yeah. There's going to be extreme <laughs> highs and extreme lows. Mm-hmm. And if most of the time you're kind of median or mode is pretty good, then it's fine. But if, you know, you're veering towards the majority of the relationships aren't working, or even a large minority. I think that's a problem.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll say that the, um, I've had a couple of really long standing, a few long standing research assistants. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of cases, they weren't my students. Yeah. They were just like students in the department that I had no relationship with previously. And with, with, several of them kind of out of my very efficiency minded approach has emerged a really lovely relationship Mm -hmm. and um, it can be so gratifying to um, you know, my, my first job out of college was I was the assistant to the medical director of a community Mm -hmm. health center. And she taught me the value of like basically meeting people where they are Mm -hmm. and, 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 leveraging people's strengths and working with people to kind of uh, you know circumvent their potential pitfalls or weaknesses and I think there's a lot to be said for that Mm -hmm. and just acknowledging that people are human and like you know you if you can kind of accentuate the positive that that can be really productive um yeah so
0: I like it So,
1: what are our lessons from this episode? We both
0: love um, a recurring meeting (laughs) (laughs) of different lengths and efficiencies.
1: Yes, yes. We both
0: love um, um, a shared drive so that everybody (laughs) can see kind of an agenda. And thank you, technology. Thank you, technology. I think we both think it's important to know ourselves and be able mm-hmm. to communicate expectations and how others would work best with us and be able to be introspective about what we're bringing into situations.
1: I think is something I want to underscore that I don't think we talked a ton about, but I do feel like is an important point to draw out of this is, um, structures are important yeah. and, um, n- structures can help avoid, um, putting somebody in a compromising position mm-hmm. or or anybody feeling like they're being taken advantage of. And I think that has to do with setting very clear
0: expectations ahead of time. Yeah,
1: I agree with that, I think. And revising along. Mm-hmm.
0: And having clear, transparent expectations will always be helpful. Um, as mm-hmm. far as hiring, I am a fan of really sitting down and thinking about, you know, what you want, what you're looking for, writing that down, even if it's a pain. If you have to do a search committee and it seems like an administrative hoop, maybe actually mm-hmm. try to get good people on the committee and leverage that to add value. Because doing a good job hiring on the front end can be frustrating, mm-hmm. but it can save problems later on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll try to link to some resources Um and if, if anybody out there listening has good ideas about like resources to do this well, to do it better, mm-hmm. um, if you want to share stories, yeah. let us know.
0: And if things go bad, don't beat yourself up. It's just an opportunity to learn, and not every mm-hmm. working relationship is going to go smoothly all the time. Exactly. Yes.
1: Well, thanks, Whitney. Thanks. This was fun. Uh, see you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Academes was produced by Mara Bookbinder, Whitney Robinson, and me, Sarah Birkin. Our editors include Jeremiah Murphy and Molly Horrock. We get administrative support from Val Hooker and Molly Horrock. Our artwork is by Melissa Hudgens at Levy Green's Design. We have received funding from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hills, Carolina Women's Center, and the Wisdom Initiative.